A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is MPB News. Thank you for downloading this special bonus episode of Mississippi Edition from MPB News. The coronavirus pandemic is pushing government officials at both the national and state levels in unprecedented ways, and that is certainly true for Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves joins Mississippi Edition host Karen Brown to discuss his first 90 days, the state's response to COVID-19, and more. So since taking office three months, you've dealt with a prison crisis under federal investigation, the Pearl River flooding that has affected thousands of homeowners, and now an international pandemic. When's the last time you slept? (laughs) I don't remember the last time I've slept, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. We've been uh, working very hard. I think any one of those crises that we uh, inherited or, or this particular one, uh, would have been uh, enough in an eight-year period for, for most governors, but we've had to deal with each of those over the first uh, 90 days. And so uh, my team has worked diligently to get through each and every one of them, and we're convinced that uh, if we continue to uh, have Mississippians do the right thing, uh, we're going to get through this one as well. Is the coronavirus your focus pretty much 24-7? Yes, it is literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, trying to make sure that we are implementing uh, our pandemic plan, make sure that every state agency is coordinated. And and to this point, I will tell you, I've been terribly impressed by so many uh, state employees, so many folks that are stepping up uh, in our health care system. Mississippians are doing what Mississippians do. They're stepping up and helping their friends and helping their neighbors. You've been having a press briefing every day. What happens before that press briefing? How many meetings are you having? How many people are you talking to for information? Well, we're, we are talking to lots and lots of people, hospital administrators around the state, health care providers. Uh, we've appointed uh, um, and worked with folks like Dr. Clay Hayes and Dr. Claude Brunson to make sure that as we move into uh, the peak number of cases and the the situation in which we have the most stress on our system, uh, that we have adequate resources in every hospital that we need adequate resources in. Because if you think about it, as a state, you can have enough hospital beds. As a state, you can have enough ventilators. But if you have 500 of those available in Tishomingo County, but you need them in Hancock County, well, they don't do you any good. You can, you can argue from the state's perspective we had enough, but if they're not in the right place, then they're not doing any good. So the logistical uh, discussions are exceptionally challenging, and that's one of the things that we're working very hard on right now is making sure that we have enough resources, uh, but also that we have those resources in the right place. Today, the number of cases now exceeds 2,000. Is that on par with what your projections show? Well, what I would tell you is we only had 88 new cases yesterday. That was a little bit of a surprise. We had been uh, bouncing between 100 and and 180 for the last three or four days, so we had a pretty uh, significant decline. We are doing a significant amount of testing in Mississippi. That's uh, that's a very good thing. We're we're way uh, out in front of the average state and, in fact, significantly exceed the national average. 
even though the federal government has pumped tremendous resources in places like New York, New Jersey, and New Orleans for testing, Mississippi is still testing far more of our residents than, than many, many other states. And I think that has helped uh, tremendously because once, you, once you're able to test someone, if you get a positive, then you're able to isolate or quarantine even those who are not as symptomatic as others. And then you're able to determine through case management um, who they have come in contact with, and then you can isolate those they have come in contact with. And that is the way in which you slow the spread of the virus, is by identifying those who have it and those they have come in contact with and making sure that those individuals are not out in the community continuing to spread it. On March 31st, you it, 31st, you issued the order for shelter-in-place for Lauderdale County because there were a number of cases that were growing uh, disproportionately with other counties. But then the very next day, you ordered that shelter in place for the entire state. What happened in that 24 hours that would lead to that decision? Well, what we had we had been talking about shelter in place for weeks and weeks on end, and we believe that shelter in place orders are uh, a last resort. It's all we also believe that they have to be short term in nature. Uh, you cannot expect Mississippians or Americans or anyone anywhere in the world to shelter in place for weeks and weeks and months and months on end. It's just it's it's outside of our nature. The longer you try to implore those, um, what ends up happening is people uh, ignore them. They, they go out. And so we wanted to make sure that we issued our shelter in place order at exactly the right time uh, so as to slow the spread, so as to minimize the risk that we're going to overwhelm our hospital system. Um, we had We had social distancing measures in place whereby 80 to 90 percent of Mississippians were complying. And so we think that um, that we were able to uh, issue that shelter-in-place order at, at, at the right time. Uh, there, there wasn't any one thing that happened over that 24-hour period. What we ultimately made a decision uh, to do it is because uh, we knew that we were going to issue a shelter-in-place in Lauderdale County on, on March 31. We then felt like we should issue a shelter in place for numerous other communities based upon the data um, the next day. And we just came to the conclusion that if we were going to ultimately have a shelter in place statewide, we would be better served to go ahead and do it and and slow the spread of the virus statewide um, so that we can get out of this uh, as quickly as possible. Leading up to that, you said you were taking your cues from or experts on the state level and the national level. Uh, on the national level, one of the leading experts would be Dr. Fauci, who was recommending shelter in place for states long before you actually enacted that. So when you say you're taking your cues from national experts, did you mean him or the president or, or what other experts? Well, the the federal government did not recommend a shelter in place nationally. They were recommending shelter in places in certain places because um, Karen, what you have to understand is that different states, and quite frankly, different localities in different states, are at different points in the cycle. And so, for instance, uh, the state of New York may be at their absolute peak right now, whereas the state of Mississippi is probably not going to be at our peak for another couple of weeks um, or at least 10 days. And so I would argue uh, that when you look at the data, uh, you've got to make that shelter-in-place order, if, you're, if you want it to be short-term in nature, uh, you've got to do it at the right point in the cycle, and that's what we are trying to do. Um, in, in Mississippi, our experts are uh, certainly um, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, the head of our State Department of Health, uh, Dr. Byers, um, Jim Craig over at the Department of Health uh, have been uh, they have been exceptionally important in this process as they have uh, 
um, looked at the data, analyzed the data, figured out exactly what our peak resource use was going to be, and then um, and then we made decisions based upon that. On the same day that you ordered the shelter in place, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis did the same in Florida. Are you in contact with other governors? Was there any uh, collaboration on your part with Governor DeSantis? There was a lot of communication uh, between governors going on right now. I have uh, talked to um, – I, I can't tell you how many governors I've talked to uh, one-on-one, Republicans and Democrats, by the way. I've had multiple conversations with Governor Edwards in Louisiana, Governor Ivey in Alabama, Governor DeSantis in Florida, Governor Kemp in Georgia, Governor Lee in Tennessee – uh, we've had multiple conversations, um, um, and there was no coordinated effort uh, between us in the state of Florida as to when that exactly happened. Um, I think we probably were both looking at data uh, and came to the same conclusion about the same time. Uh, again, much communication, but no specific coordination as to timing. How much do you think our neighbors' actions or circumstances affect us? In Louisiana, we have an explosion of cases. In Alabama, um, that shelter-in-place order didn't come down until over the weekend. In Georgia, Governor Kemp has reopened the beaches there. Does that affect us? Well, I I do think that uh, others' decisions have some marginal impact on what happens in Mississippi. Um, I've repeatedly said that what I saw happening in New Orleans was the single most important data point outside of Mississippi data uh, that led me to make the decisions that I made. The, uh, the, the fact that New Orleans is definitely a hot spot, not only in Louisiana, but a hot spot in America. Um, tremendous federal resources have been poured into the state of Louisiana because of uh, what's happening there. And I will tell you that they had a, a downtick in overall number of cases yesterday, which was encouraging, and I hope to s- that that happens again today. We will find out. But um, but there's no doubt that um, what is happening in other states has to be part of uh, the equation when when making decisions. Are there recommendations made from one governor to another, like, hey, you better do this because it's going to affect us? Look, I have tremendous respect for every governor across the country. <clears throat> Excuse me. They've been elected to make the best decisions for their people. Uh, we are sharing best practices. We are communicating. We are talking about the innovative things that are being done in our states and encouraging other governors to uh, seek innovation in their states as well. Um, There's certainly not uh, been any conversations encouraging someone to do something that they didn't want to do. It's just here's what we did and why we did it, um, and here's the data that led us to make that decision. And then each governor has to make the best decision for their state because every single state is different. President Trump endorsed you. He campaigned for you a number of times in the state of Mississippi. Uh, How does his messaging affect your messaging? Well, the the president is a good friend, a good ally. Uh, He's worked tirelessly uh, on this issue. He has constantly been in contact. He has been very transparent. He has talked to the public. Uh, He's done it uh, in many instances when when, uh, people were upset that he was talking to the public because the more he talks, the the more his ratings go up. But the reality is that um, the president and Vice President Pence, who chairs the Coronavirus Task Force in America, they both understand the way in which natural disasters are supposed to be managed. And the way natural disasters are supposed to be managed, and this was what's contemplated in the Stafford Act from years and years ago, it's what we did in Katrina, and it's what we're doing now, and that is we have to have these kind of pandemics state-managed, 
locally executed and federally supported. And the federal government has supported our efforts throughout this process. Um, we have asked uh, for PPEs, et cetera, and while we have never gotten all that we've asked for, we have gotten enough uh, to get us through um, the, the time period in question, and we're hopeful to get another uh, supply in here in the next day or so, and I'll be excited when that happens. From the federal government? Yes. Um, I want to talk about the health now. We've learned in recent days across the country and, of course, in Mississippi that there is a disproportionate amount of African-Americans who are dying from coronavirus. In Mississippi, it's about 50 percent of those who have died. Um, Many, some African-Americans live in poverty, and that exacerbates other physical problems, medical problems they might have, which would lead to them having a propensity for poorer health, poorer outcomes in this. How does the state, how should the state provide health care that's going to help people live longer and avoid death in this situation? Well, there's no question that um, underlying health conditions, uh, particularly in those that are 65 and older, but also those who are have uh, symptoms such as obesity, um, hypertension, and, and other underlying health conditions puts everyone at much greater risk of contracting the virus and ultimately having complications from the virus. That's the reason that we have, we have repeatedly urged those that fit into that category to stay home, to shelter in place, to not put themselves in contact, and for those who may even be healthy but have a loved one that fits into that category, that they are paying attention and, and not spreading the virus to them either. Um, it, is a, it is a fact across the country um, that those uh, who, who have those underlying conditions are at a greater risk. And, and unfortunately, in Mississippi and in many other states, uh, that does tend to be a, a disproportionate share uh, of our African-American citizens. And so we're doing everything we can to communicate with them, to, uh, to make sure they are aware of the underlying risk, uh, so as to protect as many Mississippians as possible. Will you ever be for Medicaid expansion? I am not for Obamacare expansion or Medicaid expansion. No, it's um, I, I cannot foresee a scenario in which that would change. I mean, you said you're in communication to help people with those conditions. But what does that mean? How does that help people? Well, look, the, the, the fact is, uh, in working with our federal partners, we have ensured that uh, every citizen, whether they have uh, private insurance or government insurance or no insurance, every citizen of Mississippi can and will be treated for COVID-19. We are going to ensure that. Uh, the hospitals will be paid for it. Uh, if it's an un- uninsured uh, patient, the federal government has stepped up and in the most recent CARES Act said that they would write the check for anyone um, to any hospital for their treatment. Uh, and that's something we're committed to doing. Um, and so, you know, there there are those in politics who want to use every crisis. I believe it was a former chief of staff to President Obama who said we should never let a crisis go to waste in trying to uh, implement their liberal policies. And, and that's certainly understandable. But for this particular crisis um, that is before us, uh, we're going to make sure that no Mississippian doesn't get care uh, regardless of their um, current insurance status. The legislature uh, adjourned about a month ago. Will you or need? Do you need to call a special session? You know, of course, 
sales re- sales tax revenue is going to be way down. Does the legislature have to appropriate money during this crisis? Well, we we have been in pretty constant contact with uh, Speaker Gunn and his team, with uh, Governor Hoseman and his team. Uh, they have the ability to call themselves back into session uh, at any point they believe that it is necessary. Um, we have, uh, to this point, not uh, needed any special legislation. We're trying to get through the immediate crisis and, and also, meanwhile, be planning for the future. They will come back in, I'm sure, within 15 or 30 or 45 or 60 days. Um, they'll have to pass a budget for the fiscal year that begins July 1. But at this point, uh, they're doing exactly what they need to be doing, which is staying at home, uh, watching over uh, themselves and their families, and hopefully communicating with their constituents to stay home and let us get through this immediate uh, crisis. Is there any way for committees at least to meet uh, electronically and still be seen or heard by the public? Well, that, that's a complicated um, scenario, and my view is we need to just uh, get through the next uh, 30 days or so and, and see where we are. Uh, but I'm, I feel confident that the legislature can come back in and have public meetings and ensure uh, access uh, from the public to uh, each of their meetings as well as their actual uh, voting opportunities on the floor of the House and the Senate. I know there are, let's see, a little less than 3 million people in the state, and I'll bet all of them are concerned about the schools and when they will reopen. President Trump said April 30th. You've said April 20th. When will schools reopen? Well, I can't give you a definitive answer on when schools will reopen at this point. I'm going to be communicating over the next several days with um, leaders of our school systems throughout Mississippi, as well as our State Board of Education leaders, Dr. Wright, uh, Jason Dean, uh, the chairman of the board, and others. Uh, We'll make that determination as we uh, progress through the next week or so. Uh, I know we need to let our parents know as soon as possible so they can make necessary plans. I can't tell you with certainty when that's going to be, but what I can tell you is I want schools to reopen at the earliest possible date where we are convinced that that the safety of the public uh, is no longer at risk. Governor Reeves, you've taken a lot of hits from the national media in recent weeks uh, because of what they call a delay in your ordering the sheltering in place. How do you respond to that? Does that bother you? Does that influence you in any way? The the attacks from the national media doesn't influence me at all. Uh, it doesn't bother me in the least. Look, I am a um, a conservative Republican from Mississippi who led our state in prayer. It doesn't surprise me that a few hours after I did that, that the the liberals in the national media have come uh, to attack me, and that's their that's their prerogative. They they can do that if they choose to. We'll look six months from now. We'll have time to sit back and look at the decisions that we made versus the decisions that were made in other states, uh, and we'll determine who, who did a good job managing through this crisis and who didn't. It's way too early to, to, to do that. Um, I don't have uh, the ability to, um, to be a Monday morning quarterback. I have to actually get up on um, Saturdays or Sundays and actually go out and throw the ball and make decisions, and that's what we're doing. We are convinced that we're doing the right thing for all Mississippians. Um, and, again, uh, there will be time for – for that Monday morning quarterbacking, but we don't have time for it right now. On April 3rd, you signed a state proclamation naming April as Confederate Heritage Month. 
There was no public announcement, but it did come to light because the Mississippi Division of Sons of Confederate Veterans posted it on their Facebook page. Was was the public announcement or not having a public announcement on purpose because of the pandemic? Or were you catering to this group? What was your reasoning there? Well, we have a state law which defines the last Monday in April as a state holiday. Every governor for as many years as I can determine um, has uh, named April uh, uh, this Confederate Heritage Month, and we did exactly what every other governor has done uh, historically. But was it because of the pandemic that you didn't make a public announcement about it? Uh, I will tell you, I, I think that as we are signing executive orders and 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 everything else, we are focused on helping our people recover um, from this pandemic and making sure that we protect the hospital system. Um, and there are a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes right now uh, that we're not making public announcements about. As we talk, you have the ears of many Mississippians. What would you like to tell them during this tough time for the state? What I would tell Mississippians is to stay home, stay safe. Uh, If you will do what we have asked you to do for the next couple of weeks, maybe a a little bit longer, uh, we're going to come out of this on the other side and we're going to be even stronger than ever before. Governor Tate Reeves, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.